2: As we're taking over Confession of faith together I am unconditionally loved by God And at Harvest Church I'm in my year of acceleration Accelerated progress Accelerated faith This year all I do is win In Jesus' name, Selah I remain standing One scripture I want you to see Selah is amen's cousin Which means God you said it I believe it That settles it So now you can just not say amen You can also say Go to 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. I want to work today. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. It's a scripture we've looked at before, but I want to take it another further today. So let's go further, Bishop. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2 14. It says, Now thanks be to God. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. Now say it again. Say, Thank you, Jesus. It says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Say, Thank you, Jesus, that I'm always winning. you catch it in a minute. Now, thanks be to God who sometimes leads us in triumph. Now, thanks be to God who might lead us in triumph. No, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. Watch this, in Christ, which means if you're going to win, you got to get out of your own way. The the, the smile of somebody say, if you're going to win, get out of your own way. Say, because you make messes, God makes messages. Now, thanks be to God who always, you'll catch it in a minute, which means, watch this. I can't get stuck at yesterday's win because that would be having won. He always leads me into triumph, which means I haven't won. I am winning. You'll catch it in a minute. You'll catch it in a minute. Sometimes the issue many of us have is that we're stuck on a win that happened last month, last week, yesterday. But the Bible says He always leads us into triumph, which means, watch this. What just happened when we stepped into a new minute? Winning. What happens when I step into the next hour? Winning. What happens on Monday? Winning. Tuesday? Wednesday? Thursday? Winning. Wednesday? Winning. Friday? Winning. Monday? Winning. Saturday? Winning. Up? Winning. Down? Winning. Night? Winning. Day? Winning. All I do is. Now, thanks be to God. Some of y'all don't win because you ain't thankful. You're arrogant. Somebody holler, "Thank "Thank you, Jesus." That hair on your head that you went and purchased? God gave you the money to get it. Why are you still eating today? He always leads us into triumph. Why are you still living as good as you're living? He always leads us into triumph. So I want to introduce you to a new theme of your life. Say, what is it, Bishop? When somebody asks you how you're doing, here's your response. Winning. How's your marriage? Winning. How's your finances? Winning. How are your kids winning? How's your car? Winning. Everything about me is summed up in one word. Baby, I'm winning. Now, Jesus, speak to us. Give us clarity. Answer every question. And we ask that you do it now. I decrease that you might increase. Speak to us with clarity. In Jesus' name we pray. Answer it this way. Don't say amen. Say winning. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're in uh, week eight of this life-giving message series called Fall Forward to learn from the Bible how to maximize our failure, our mistakes, and our disappointment so we can make the decision not to fall down nor to fall backward but to fall forward. In the last Sunday's message, it was called Childhood Scars, We learned that sometimes we fail because of unhealed childhood scars. And a scar is a mark uh, left where a wound, a burn, or a sore has not healed completely. And we discussed that it wasn't just physically because we can often see physical scars. We discussed last week that sometimes the greatest scars are not the physical scars, but the greatest scars, watch this, are the things that happen in our soul. See, you are a spirit. That's your subconscious mind. You live in a physical body and you possess a soul, got it? Your soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. And here's the truth. Many of us have unhealed childhood scars that have left these scars now because something's not healed completely. And so subsequently, we often live from places where we've been shaped by scars instead of shaped by victory. We've been shaped by curses and so that now what is a curse has become common. So I taught you that Sunday, taught you that Wednesday. So you got to get those messages I'm going to ask you this question, though, in today's message. Say, what's the question, Bishop? What if a win is best seen over time and not just from one day, one event, or one experience? What if the win in your life is actually seen over time? What if the only reason you failed was because your follow-through stopped? That that has a word, and it is this word discipline. Say, discipline. Discipline. Discipline is, are the actions of a disciple. Jesus said it this way go baptizing everybody in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, making disciples of all nations. Uh, a disciple is a disciplined student. So check this out. It is impossible for you to be growing as a Christian and not be disciplined. It is impossible for us to say we love God, yet we lack discipline. Y'all are going to get it in a minute. It is impossible for us to call ourselves followers of Jesus the Christ and yet follow nothing he says, but we just want him to make us feel good. Let me say this to you. God is not into us having one. That's the issue that many of us have is that the greatest enemy to current success is past success because it gives us a sense of I've arrived. I've won. I've done something. Watch this. Come here, New Jack City. I was prom queen in 88. Baby, it's 18 of 20. 2018. It's time for some new wins. I came to tell somebody, God is very proud of you for how you've done so far. But it is now time for some new wins. Somebody say, it's time to win again. Our second corinthians says that he always leads us into triumph if he always leads us into triumph god is not into us having won; he's into us constantly winning and here's the deal you need to know failing is easy because it requires no commitment but winning requires sacrifice winning requires discipline this is why so many people choose to be failures not just have failures because that's easy they watched everybody else in their bloodline do it but when you decide to be more than a conqueror and that's who you are. That's who you are. I said, that's who you are. When you decide to be more than a conqueror, all of a sudden now, you've got to step into a realm of life where I am constantly in competition with yesterday's win. (sighs) Failing, failing for many people is easy. So that instead of having a failure, they become failures. It becomes a lifestyle. That's all they do is lose. They lose money, lose houses, lose, lose everything. And so much so that it becomes okay. If you have friends who are okay with losing, you need to check your purse once they get from around you. Because they sneaking a win somewhere. Say, always leads us. Now, that doesn't mean the process of being led to win isn't going to have some disappointments, isn't going to have some accidents, isn't going to have some things that you look at and say O-M-G-I-J-S. That's not what it means. What it does mean, though, is at the end of the day, over time, if you measure, I have always been winning. For some of you, there has been an orchestrated, calculated effort against you since you came out your mama's womb since the sexual abuse didn't stop you and the molestation didn't stop you, the rape didn't stop you, the abandonment didn't stop you, the rejection didn't stop you them abandoning you didn't stop you since none of that worked, hell has been throwing everything it could at you it's been an orchestrated, calculated attack against you and here's what you need to know God has been doing through time he's been leading you into tri- that's why you got a testimony today, cause he's been leading you into triumph and God says don't get stuck On how you won, because baby, it's time for you to win again. Somebody say, I'm winning. winning. God's not into us having won. Let me just lay the foundation, but into winning. He always leads us into triumph. Now, it's seen in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus' humanity was mentally and emotionally weak after 40 days of fasting, he was sent to be tested. Check it out. God decided that he needed to put himself in a body. That body was called Jesus or is called Jesus. That body is 100% human, 100% divine. It is called the theanthropos. So much God you can't believe he's man. So much man you can't believe he's God. When you look at him one moment, he's weeping because Lazarus is dead. The next moment, that's his humanity. But then the next moment, he steps over into divinity and says, Lazarus, come forth and one moment he's angry because of how they're acting in church so he's flipping over tables and in the next moment he's commanded blind people to be able to see and one moment you see his humanity and the next moment you see his divinity so when he's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights his humanity is hungry how do you know bishop because you and i would be too i don't need 40 days and 40 nights give me 40 minutes You ever realize how much of yourself you're not when you don't eat? Now, now check this out. Somebody say he's hungry. He's mentally and emotionally weak. He hasn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. At the end of this 40 days and 40 nights, 40 is the number of testing, then he's sent to be tested. Not when he's strong, but when he's weak. Look at me, because tests only come when you're tired. God's not in the testing you when you got your Superman outfit on. God wants to test you when you got your Clark Kent outfit on. God's not in the testing you when you're in the middle of the day feeling strong. He wants to test you when you didn't lay down, took your contacts out, got your roller set in, and laying on the side of the bed. And that's when you get a phone call in the middle of the night that comes to Rocker your And God says, I'm not going to test you when you're strong. I want to test you when you're tired. Which means then stop thinking it's strange when you get tested because you're tired. That's when he issues the test. You're sitting there like, God, why couldn't you have done this last week? Because God says, you were strong last week. He says, this week you've been tired. This week you've been working extra hours. This week you had issues with your kids. This week you had issues with your money. This week you had issues with your family. I want to test you when you're tired, not when you think you're strong. So check this out. The Bible says that the tempter comes to test him. So God in a body. Is tired, so now he's got to be tested. Because his humanity is good, or his divinity is good. His humanity is where the issue is. So that's when he gets tested. So the Bible says Satan, ha-Satan in Hebrew, the adversary, he comes to test Jesus. And the the Bible uses this particular word, the tempter. Say tempter. Here's what tempter means in Greek, the language of our New Testament. It means to scrutinize. If you can't handle criticism and scrutiny. No wonder you have won but you're not winning. Amen. Scrutiny. What does that mean? I got the magnifying glass on everything you're doing and every little misstep, mistake, misquote, misaction, it's brought to your attention. Here's how many of us like to live. I, I, this is too much criticism. It's people just paying too much attention to what, everything I'm doing. That's when you are Tested. Scrutiny, scrutiny, scrutiny means you said you cleaned it. I'm from check. <laughs> scrutiny means you said you forgave them. See them in the mall. Be a good church. Scrutiny says you said God was first, but now let's put a concert the same time as church and see which one you pick. <laughs> scrutiny says you said that you love God, but let's just check it out. Scrutiny, scrutiny. Scrutiny. You, you ever had a friend that 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 you know you had to scrutinize a little bit because they were talking all this great stuff about your friendship and about your interaction about all that, and, and, and then and then you you saw a message because somebody screenshotted you something, and so now you you're scrutinizing them. So now what you say about me? What? What you say about me? Yeah. Scrutiny. Somebody say scrutiny. scrutiny. It, says, it says scrutinize. But then here's the next word of that meaning, tempter. It means to entice, to give up. Wow. Think, listen to the words to entice, to give up. Wait a minute. Entice. To entice essentially means that it's attractive. I can't be enticed by what's not attractive. You know, that's like, if you you don't like chocolate cake and somebody says, here goes some chocolate cake, you're like, and? But if chocolate cake is your weakness, where you sing an SWV, I get so weak in the knees. Then it's enticing to you. I might want to have that cake. I might want to have that cake. Here's the significance of it. Here's the significance. What, was, what would have been enticing to Jesus in order to give up? Because he's God. 100% God, but watch this. 100% man. It's often our desire to take the path of least resistance. What's the easy way out here? If confronting somebody is a problem, Let me just run away, because that's the path of least resistance. If dealing with me, and I'm just laying the foundation. I'm about to go to second gear in a minute. If dealing with me is an issue, then the path of least resistance that's enticing is, it's not me that's the problem. It's everybody else scrutinize to entice to give up watch this definition of the word tempter to stop giving to stop praying to stop worshiping to stop serving to stop coming to church but then it's got this other word tempter it means a say here's what it means to test to determine its ingredients and quality I'm say it again to test to determine its ingredients and quality um have you ever had anybody ever had and this is not a brand endorsement but it'll be easy for us to understand have you ever had anybody ever had fruit loops fruit loops Okay, if you go up in the South, you kind of, maybe, okay, Frosted Flakes? All right, okay, just, just catch the point. Has anybody ever had the off-brand? It wasn't in a box, it was in a bag. But you got more? <laughs> now, this is not a brand endorsement, so I won't say the brands. But catch the point, it looks the same. Colored the same and they tell you it's virtually the same problem is when I taste it I can determine that this is not the same thing as that I'm going to tell somebody the tests we go through are to differentiate us from posers and winners because some people can pose as a winner because they've had some wins but you somebody holler I'm a winner When you're a winner, God says you look the same as your neighbor. Shout the same as your neighbor. Clap the same as your neighbor. But the only way I know if whether or not you're the box or the bag is to put you through some tempting. And I got to test you to determine your ingredients and your quality. And I'm going to tell somebody, baby, God has been testing you and he's determined you're high quality. He's been testing you and he's determined you're more than a conqueror. He's been testing you and he's determined you are victorious. Somebody holler, I'm winning. Jesus had to win against the tempter when the stakes were low to prove he could win the world when the stakes would be high because if he couldn't handle the tempter, how could he handle Calvary? Think it through. If he couldn't handle the tempter, how could he handle Calvary? If he couldn't handle, because all Satan did was say, if you're the son of God, do this. And Jesus kept responding, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. If he couldn't handle a conversation, how was he going to handle conflict? If he couldn't handle a spat with somebody, that's a conversation. How was he going to handle conflict when Judas kissed him and betrayed him? Think about it. If we can't handle level one, maybe we need to keep working on level one before we get to level two. But we don't live in a culture like that, right? We live in a culture that says, I handle level one, I'm ready for level 43. (laughs) Right? Right? We live in a microwave culture. And here's the problem with microwaving stuff, is that it alters the taste. Sometimes in life, what seems like it's taking a long time to you is to make sure that your taste is right your ingredients are right, your quality is right. Because God says you're going to face something much bigger than what you face now, but if you can't handle that now, you won't be able to handle that later. See, you want to be a winner, but to be a winner, you got to fight a winner's battle. So a winner is not fighting, watch this, the rookies, a winner is fighting those that are time-tested. See, what's been happening to somebody in here is that you used to be dealing with level one devils, but what happened is, is now since you've been able to go through tests and been able to survive different uh, obstacles and, and trials and tribulations, now you're dealing with a whole new level. See, watch this. David started out with sheep, but then David had to beat sheep, then he had to beat lions, then he had to beat bears. So that way, when he saw Goliath, he said, Goliath, listen, baby, I always already been tempted. I've already been tried. I've already been tested. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dare defy the armies of the living God? Watch. Jesus responds to every test. Notice how his test came. Conversations. You want to know how you're tested and how I'm tested and how we're all tested every day? Through conversation. There's certain conversations that you let go on that you need to shut down, that introduced doubt, introduced fear, introduced uncertainty. You, you were solid on Sunday after church yeah. until the phone rang. And now, all of a sudden, a conversation has introduced a test. And here's what's significant. Jesus kept responding to every test that came by conversation. He said these words, it is written. It. Is written. Would you say it with me? It It is written. In other words, he kept hitting back with the word. Just think about this for a minute. Think about this minute. He kept using the winning method, in other words. After he said, it is written to the tempter, what did the tempter do? Leave him. What did he do? Come back. To see what? Would he be disciplined to keep using the winning move? Any video gamers or former video gamers in the place? Okay. Four of us. There used to be this game I used to play called Mortal Kombat. Yes, sir. That's what I'm okay. <laughs> Y'all remember Raiden? So Raiden had, Raiden had like three moves. Down, up. Okay. And then back, back, forward. And that's when he did the little fly out thing. Now. Then he had, uh, uh, I think it was like back, back, down, A, where he... You sent the the lightning beam. Now, somebody like, Bishop, where are you going with this? I'm going to show you in a minute. Here's what I learned how to beat those games, because I was the reigning champion of anybody I ever faced. And I beat the computer on all levels, easy, medium, and difficult. Here's what I learned. Rather than trying new moves, I discovered all I needed was three winning moves. Back, back, forward lightning beam and whenever you were getting ready to hit me and i needed to get out of dodge real fast up down (laughs) y'all will catch it in a minute some of you are looking for new moves and there's already a winning move and the winning move is it is written when the doctor gives you a bad report it is written with his stripes i am him when you get bad news the word of the lord is a good report it's good news it is written somebody say it's a winning move Jesus won because he was disciplined. So through example, he leads us into triumph. He shows us what winning looks like. He didn't whine because Satan kept coming. He just kept winning. Question, are we whining or winning? Are we whining or winning? Are we whining or winning? I'm Are we whining or winning? Satan kept coming back. So watch this. If you judge Jesus' success off of one event, one day, one experience, you might say, I don't know that he won. But if you examine the entire trial, you'll see that Jesus was winning. Why would you think he failed, Bishop? Because Satan came back. No, you're missing. I'm talking so because I want us to get it. Sometimes in life, we're like, God, I'm so good. I got the victory. Victory. I got it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. Because Sunday, you've, you pass the test. Then Monday comes. And Satan comes to tempt you through a different conversation. Maybe Monday's conversation isn't about your identity, maybe Monday's conversation is about your insecurity maybe maybe monday's conversation is different than tuesday's conversation but 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 the point is is that if you measure jesus success over time he was winning but he was winning because he kept using the winning method and that has a word for it it's called discipline say discipline y'all got the foundation now so now let me preach here's first point win from within say i'm winning now, now let's define a win because, because I, I want us to make sure that we get this. A, a win, check this out, a, a win is doing God's will, which is found in God's word. Got it? That's a win. That's a win. So I'm winning when I put God first in my finances because that's what his word says. That's a win. So initially, it may look like you got to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a little bit, but it's a win because I followed his will and his will is in his word. And since I followed his word, I am winning. I may not want to forgive them. Instead, I may want to let them flat foot have it. But the book says, forgive them who have trespassed against you. What's a trespass? You knew you were doing something wrong to me, and you did it anyhow. But the Bible says, I've got to forgive you, and that's how I win. So say win from within. In Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 19, Jeremiah is this interesting guy in the Bible. He's called the weeping prophet because he's got a very unique assignment that makes him cry all the time. Literally, it makes him weep all the time. Could you imagine the very thing you're called to do is the thing that hurts you? Could you imagine the very thing that God has assigned you to do is the thing that brings you grief? That's what it was for Jeremiah. Sometimes God's way is not the way that's easy. In fact, here's what I found. Most of the times God's way is not the easy way, but it is the winning way. Exactly. Ch- check this out. Jeremiah 10:19. So look at what Jeremiah says. Woe is me for my hurt. Jeremiah was like, I'm hurt. Then he says, my wound is what? Severe. He says, Jeremiah had this issue because he kept trying to help people who didn't want to be helped. He kept trying to lead people who didn't want to be led. He, he, he kept putting all this energy, time, and effort And what's really significant is Jeremiah says, woe is me for my hurt. My wound is severe. This is a prophet. This is a man of God. And in the middle of this, he's whining. And let's be honest, he's got a legitimate reason to whine. Let's just be honest, y'all. We all have some legitimate reasons to whine. We all do. But Jeremiah, I like what he does. Because in the middle of his whine, watch him switch to a win. Truly, it's an infirmity, he says, and I must bear it. Why? Leave the verse up. It's my hurt. It's my wound, not my neighbor's, not my mama's, not my daddy's, not my bishop's. No, no, no. It's mine. So I have to bear it. Check this out. I love it because Jeremiah starts out whining, but then he says, this thing is causing me grief, and grief is the loss of something lesser in order to get something greater, but he says, I must bear it. In other words, here's what Jeremiah says, I don't have an option, and that's how discipline works. I don't have an option. I must, and that must is an inside job. Say, I win from within. Too many of us aren't winning because we still have options about things that shouldn't be optional. Discipline isn't a dirty word. I know this is not going to be a probably a, a heavy, heavy shout message just quite yet, because when you think of discipline, we think dirty. Because for most of you, when you think discipline, if you if you were raised in the South, discipline, you know, you, you know, yes, you still have flashbacks every time you go to the belt section of the store. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from them belts. I don't need no belt. I'm gonna need no belt. <laughs> Give me some suspenders. What's this? <laughs> discipline <laughs> isn't a dirty word. It creates wins. Winning is doing God's will, which is found in God's word. So my disciplines actually prove who I'm a disciple of. My disciplines actually prove who I'm a disciple of. Here's what I've discovered. We live in an era where people have remade God. Into their image and their likeness. So here's what they want to hear every Sunday. God loves you. That's true. Sometimes you just can't explain things. God's mysterious. It's not in the Bible. That's not true. There's nothing mysterious about God. Nothing spooky about God. How do you know, Bishop, you don't write a book about yourself if you're trying to keep secrets about yourself? Here's what people want to hear. Here's what people want to hear. Just hold on till you die. When you die, you'll get to the sweet by and by. No more crying over there. No more pain over there. But what's interesting is that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus says the kingdom is at hand. It's here. It's now. Which means I'm not trying to die to get over there. I'm living well to bring over there down here. What does that mean? Is it going to be perfect, Bishop? No, Ooh, but I'm still going to make progress. Does that mean I'm not going to have pain? No, it just means even in the midst of my pain, you know what I'm doing? Winning. Does it mean that you're going to have people that are always going to be for you? No, it means, in fact, many times you're going to have people that are against you. The Bible says that a man's enemies would be the of his own household, but the scripture also makes it clear that if you keep God first, that you would win. Look at this, look at this. Say win from within. Disciplines start internally. What are we disciplined to do? What are we disciplined to do? What are we disciplined to do? Which brings me to the second point. Discipline creates wins. Discipline creates wins. Y'all getting the church? Now, I want, I want, to, I want to walk you through this, and then we'll shout on the third point, but I want to make sure you get this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.24. And this is the Apostle Paul preaching. And as the Apostle Paul is preaching, it's very interesting About the Apostle Paul's preaching is when you study his life Apostle Paul sat at the feet of this uh, one leader and he sat at this feet of this one leader one day God knocks him off his animal he becomes a Christian he has this experience he's blind for a period of time until he's mentored and trained he didn't know where to go so he had to follow the voice of who he was led by he's mentored he's trained and then later on, he's given this apostolic ministry. So he travels, he plants churches, he raises up spiritual sons. Paul is the goat. Greatest of all time. He, he, he does what nobody else had done. Now, not greater than Jesus, of course, but he does what nobody else had done. See, everybody else, they had done things that were local. Paul goes to Asia, preaches the gospel to the continent of Asia in a very short period of time, establishes all of these churches. Paul does these amazing things. And right here, we're going to find out how Paul did it. Because how, how do you transform a culture? How do you transform a nation? How do you transform a people? How do you, how do you transform your own life? How do you make changes? it is. First Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Now, anybody competitive like me? I'm competitive. I like winning by any <laughs> means necessary. Which means if it's got to go from uh, uh, two out of three to three out of five, we're gonna keep going until I get into my until over time mine is the win. Do you not know who's running the race? All run, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now wait a minute, because we live in a culture that gives participation awards. You showed up. You're a winner. That's awesome to build self esteem. But it's also destructive to the same self-esteem it builds because it teaches that you get rewarded when you haven't been disciplined. It teaches us that I get to have a reward without having to do the work. Let me go here since you only say I'm nothing 930 combined experience. Single ladies, every time you let him have what is reserved for a married woman, what you're teaching him is I do not have to be disciplined to get you and I still get the reward. Don't be mad at me. I'm preaching the Bible. Be mad? I'm not judging you, I ain't beating you up. I'm just saying, make them work for it. Yeah, dog. It got quiet in the church. Every time in finance, there's this thing called moral hazard, which is where if you bail companies out, what's to stop them from doing the same risky practices and behaviors they did in the first place? So every time you bail somebody out because they keep getting in the same financial rep, you're teaching them it's okay to not run the race the right way and still be rewarded. I want to ask you something. Why are there some times where God has seen your need, seen your pain, seen your struggle, and instead of pulling you out of it, he said, I'm going to give you strength in it so that you learn how to develop a win from within. Because there's times where you could have just said, Lord, just please fix it. He could have just been like, Psh, I'm God, done. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he says, I see you. I love you. I'm for you. But you need to learn how to win from within. And to do that, you need to be disciplined. Somebody say discipline. Verse 26, therefore I run thus, this is Paul preaching, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. In other words, he says, I'm not wasting my time. Verse 27, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I should myself become disqualified. Check it out. He says, I discipline my bodies. Body there means senses. Paul says, I discipline my senses and bring them into subjection. Because I don't want to be disqualified from the race. What if some of what you called failure wasn't actually because you lost the race, but you were disqualified because you were undisciplined? I'm going to say it again. What, I saw this thing this morning. Um, I, was, I was flipping through channels. And this morning, I saw this thing where I, I guess the NFL now finds players for different things that I didn't know they used to. Maybe it's, maybe I, so somebody did a finger point, and they are like, that's a $10,000 finger point. I said, that's an expensive <laughs> finger point. going to be pulling my finger. Nobody. Here's the point. Here's the point. Why obsess the fine to teach a principle? Be disciplined because in your lack of discipline, there's a cost. Y- y'all, y'all, y'all go with me. Y'all go with me. Y'all still with me? Come on. Somebody say we're winning. He says, lest I should become disqualified. Here's what that word means. A counterfeit. Not a winner, but a loser posing as a winner. What did that word tempt mean? To prove the ingredients or quality of. Check this out. Look at what Paul says. I don't want to be disqualified. In essence, I don't want to look like the box of cereal. And I'm really the bag of cereal. They both feed people, but one tastes like the real thing. And one is clearly not. Would you just make this declaration over yourself? Say, I'm the real thing. thing. Yeah, if no one else has ever seen a winner, you're the real thing. If no one else has ever known a winner, you're the real thing. (laughs) Here's what he says. I discipline. We're going to shout on point three. Let me just teach you here. Discipline means this. It means to lead, to bring along, to bring in subjection, to be fully compliant to the will of a master. Here's the problem. Most of us are mastered by our senses. You got to reverse it. Somebody say reverse it. Got to reverse it. Senses. I want to ask you a question. What what enters your senses that you should perhaps cut off? What do you? What enters our senses? Taste, touch, sight, hearing, smell. I get them all. What enters our senses that creates our lack of discipline? You were on your way to the gym until you flipped the channel and said, I'm going to go after the episode goes off. No joke, real story. Last week, when it was doing that cold stuff, so to be told, I didn't want to go jogging, but discipline. I was like, I, I, I got to go. It's, it's like negative 422. when <laughs> you factor in the windshield. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go, but I got to be. Real story. So I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm bundled up, ready to go. I walked past the TV. I said, oh, I'm going to go right after this. I sit down, was supposed to be a 42-minute show, turns into a, I took the jacket off, unlaced the sneakers, and now I'm sitting when I should be slaying. I'm sitting when I should be moving, all because of a lack of discipline. Paul said, I discipline my body. Do you know what that means? Stop. When you find yourself getting overly emotional about something that doesn't require that level of emotion, stop that crying. What you crying for? When you find yourself getting overly emotional because somebody doesn't like you who doesn't pay for anything. <laughs> I'm about to preach in a minute. I just need to teach. When you find yourself as a lion being obsessed with the opinion of a sheep, Paul says, I discipline myself. Paul says, I give myself a whooping. Can I, do you have a belt? Thank you. Can I borrow your belt? Now, you, you're going to be all right, right? Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't want nobody writing no blogs on me talking about he had the folks un- stripping in church. Because I'll write back. I'm not, I'm not from here. I will write back and sign my name to it, too. Gracias. Good Good belt. Now, now come here. <laughs> here's what Paul said. Now I'm good, son. Thank you. Here's what Paul said. Here's what Paul said. Paul said, Paul said, I discipline myself. Now, in other words, here's the deal. When you see yourself acting in a way, you ought not act. Paul says. You're going to catch it in a minute. Now, I'm not saying to literally do this. Don't walk out of church today. Go get, you know, no, no, no. Paul said, Paul said, I discipline myself and bring myself into subjection. You know, I found there's three areas that we often are not in, in subjection. The first is in the things that we do. But we don't often make sure that we do things in a way that's disciplined. But here's the second thing, in the way we deliver. The product we create, the quality of work we produce, the quality of serving we give, the quality of worship that we offer to the Lord. We don't do that. And then here's the third area I found where we often lack discipline is in who we date, 3Ds. We often lack discipline. You know, good and doggone well, that's not what you want, but you're having negotiation conversations with yourself up front. Well, ain't nobody perfect. I'm not settling for the rest of my life. You know what? People always say, I feel like preaching here. Well, when Bishop is going to get married? When I find what I'm looking for. But until then, I refuse to settle. I refuse to tolerate average just because the world says you got to have that. No, when I find what I want, then I'm going to buy it. Until then, I'm good. I'm just talking about me. Well, Bishop, I'm just talking about me. That's what people do to me. But, but sometimes in life, that's what happens. People will be trying to have you all kind of booed up. And you'll lack discipline. Okay, let's move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Discipline. <laughs> discipline. 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 <laughs> Is when you say yes to or no to nouns consistently for the right reasons. That's discipline. When you say yes to or no to, nouns consistently for the right reasons. What do we need to say no to? What do we need to say yes to? It's a daily thing. Say daily. You know, If you're trying to lose weight, maybe you got to say no to the brownies. I'm just talking about fitness stuff because it's easy for us to see. For my birthday, somebody bought me this little red velvet um, bunk cake. Somebody says, <laughs> Now, everybody know I don't mess with the white sugar. So I opened it up. I said, That's her little girl. <laughs> so like I'm gonna have one fork full. And I said, Okay, I'm not touching it anymore. Because I knew that if I didn't act with discipline, just, just guess the point. I'm just using me as an example so that you know it's in our everyday decisions. Say everyday decisions. It's in our everyday decisions. That, that I knew that if I had another forkful and another and another, I was going to bust my little 2,000 calories out the dough because I'm sure that as good as that thing was, it had to be like 7,000 calories. No joke. That's like two whole pounds of weight by itself. Here's the point. Say discipline. Say it again. Say discipline. Discipline is when we say yes to or no to nouns for the right reasons, consistently, consistently. Jesus kept saying, it is written, it is written. He was consistent, he was disciplined. Paul says, I beat myself, I beat my body into subjection. Check this out, married folks, what if you didn't like love, you lacked discipline? What, what do you mean, Bishop? What if the issue is, 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 is that you are so bent on taking out the pain you experienced in your childhood out on everybody else that the issue is you lack like emotional discipline, so you take it out on your wife, you take it out on your husband, and you like discipline. When you need to go to the gym and get that stuff out, or you need to go pray, you need to go worship, you need to go, get, you need to go do something else, but instead you take it out on one another. What if you didn't like love, but you like discipline? What if business owners, entrepreneurs, what if you didn't have a bad idea, you just had bad discipline? You want to work two hours a day and be on Instagram the rest of the day. Come on, I just don't know why my business isn't working because you're on Instagram all day. You're not actually building the business. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Well, I got staff to do that. You better go check behind them. Believe me. You'll think it's something and then, and then find out it's something else. Can I get a witness right through there? What if, what if... There was no disconnect between you and God. You're just undisciplined. Like, God, where are you at? He's like, I'm right here waiting on you to actually pray. There's no disconnect between us. You just lack discipline. You don't pray. You, you talk to me on Sundays and Wednesdays. And ask as Bishop says to. Are you getting what I'm saying? Which brings us to my third point. We're going to go to like 10 real fast. Disciplines determine your destinations. I hate the word destiny. I don't really like the word. I don't really like the word because it implies, it implies completion. You ever put something in your navigation system and, and it says you've arrived at your destination? Here's the problem. Then it goes off. You miss it. It stops because I've arrived. In life, we never stop because we never fully arrive. See, I know you just got a great victory last week. Somebody said that's awesome. But guess what's coming this week? Another one. I know you had a great Saturday, a great weekend, but guess what you're going to have? A great Sunday. The weekend's not over. Your disciplines actually determine your destinations, where you're headed. And the antonym or the opposite of discipline is laziness. You know what lazy means? It means to stop. To be idle, to be inactive, to be underactive, to be sluggish, or I love this one, to stop doing what works. I've noticed one consistent reason of people who start out winning that I've mentored or spiritually fathered or hired and unhired or believed in or stopped believing in, and that's that they lacked the discipline to win when winning stopped being easy. It's the same thing. That when winning starts being a little bit more difficult, I don't know if I'm called to it. When winning starts being a little bit more tough, I don't know if this church thing is for me. When winning starts being a little bit more tough, I'm not serving. When winning starts being a little bit more tough, I'm just going to take a sabbatical. How do you take a sabbatical from God? The Bible says if you make your bed in hell, he's there. If you're at the club, he's there. If you're at the bar, he's there. If you're at the bingo hall, he's there. If you're at the mall, he's there. If you're at the racetrack, he's there. If you're at the dog track, he's there. Everywhere you are, he is. So how do you think you take a sabbatical from God? Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. A lack of discipline is really pride. Because in our actions, here's what we're saying. I have won. And that's a problem because it's past tense. God is into us winning. Always leads us into triumph. Not having won. Y'all getting this? So, so, so I gave you some examples. Let me give you a few more examples. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I, I want to lose weight. But it's just one more brownie. I want people to be honest with me. It's just one more lie. I want to soar, but it's just one more chicken I hang out with. I want to succeed. It's just another nap. I want out of debt. It's just one more credit card. I want to be a stronger Christian. It's just one Sunday I missed. I'm just using these as examples to say, what if the issue was discipline? Discipline, discipline. What if you didn't, you weren't on a course rather to fail until your follow through stopped. Till your follow through stopped. Till your follow through stopped. Till your follow through stopped. Follow-through stopped. Um, how many people got phones? Anybody got phone in here? You ever open up a app and when you open up that app you ended up getting stuck? Happened to me yesterday. My whole phone was stuck. Old me would have taken the phone as I almost say. You Don't judge me. Now it got the whole thing got stuck. You know what I had to do? I said, "Well, I have to get to where I'm going." So I had to go reset the phone because I didn't need to stop what I was doing. I needed to have follow through until what I was accomplishing won. Let's see if I can say it another way. Let me say it another way. What some of us do is when things get stuck, when they plateau. When it doesn't go as easy as it used to go, when the winds aren't coming as easy and as quickly as they used to come, what we do is just say, well, I guess I just am not going to be able to win. Instead, you got to have discipline and follow through to go through the process. Say, let me just recalibrate, recalculate, and hit reset because God always leads me into triumph, which means if I'm not winning, it's not over yet because he always leads me into triumph, which means if this is an L, it's not done yet because it's got to be a win because the God I serve, I feel like preaching through here he is Jehovah Sabaoth. that means the Lord that does war for us he's a God that fights and when he fights he wins somebody holler I'm winning discipline is the vehicle that gets you to your destination not skill not talent not gifting not anointing it's discipline it's the vehicle of the kingdom it's discipline say discipline you ever met somebody really talented who lacked discipline You ever met somebody that was so smart that they're smart, like, started back over? (laughs) And really, it was a discipline issue. It's a discipline issue. It's a discipline issue. I was talking to a pastor several months ago, and we were talking, and we were talking through some things. And I just said, I said, you know, I said, here's the problem. I said, you're going to start this. I says, but I've I've watched how you act. You'll stop. I said, because you won't keep doing it even when it hurts. I said, you won't keep doing it even when the win doesn't come as easy. I said, so the issue is, is that I can tell you what to do about this particular situation. But if you don't keep in your discipline, you're not going to win. Say discipline is how I win. Second Kings 13, 18, last scripture. And we're going to preach this one, okay? All right. Are y'all learning? we getting something? Right, and again, I just use the fitness things because they're easy. Don't nobody walk out here talking about that all that preacher talk about is the exercise. I just use it because it's easy. If you want me to talk about your particular issues, come on up and <laughs> we can talk through them. <laughs> I'm just saying, just use it because it's easy. That's all. All right? So don't get all offended and talking about, I'm going to have a salad after church. Because <laughs> them salads be having just as many calories as steaks and stuff. But I'm being healthy getting the salad. That's a 3500 calorie salad. You didn't just lettuce. You got lettuce, avocado, ranch, bacon, ham, cheese, blue cheese, egg. (laughs) (laughs) So all right, I'll just use that because it works, okay? Second Kings 13, 18. Now I like this scripture. I like this scripture. Can you can you bring me that mic stand? My mic stand. Gracias. Yes, see, see. Now, look, 2 Kings 13, 18. Then he said, this is the man of God, Elisha. He's speaking to the king, and they got this battle. Somebody say a battle. They got this battle that they're in. And Elisha, the king is like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So Elisha, the man of God, is like, chill out. Somebody say chill out. out. I want to say that to somebody today who you're facing some stuff that's got you kind of shook, nervous, not sleeping, paranoid. Concern, losing hair, growing hair, where y'all not grow hair, dark hairs turning gray, whatever the situation is, I want to tell you, chill out. Somebody say, chill out. chill out. Because it's about to turn for your favor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let me talk to this side of the church because y'all ain't saying anything. Chill out. It's about to turn in your favor. God is not a God that's interested in you having won. He's a God that's interested in you winning. Somebody hollers, chill out. 2 Kings thirteen eighteen. So he tells the king, here's how to win. This is the man of God, Elisha. Elijah, spiritual son. He tells him, this is how you win. He says, verse 18, take the arrows. So he took them. See what he did? Followed the instruction. See that? Now, what's the instruction? What was the instruction you just got? Chill out. Bishop, I don't know. The first of the month is coming. Listen, not only is he going to provide, but he will do exceedingly, abundantly. Above all, you can understand? say, Bishop, I, I, I'm still in the middle of careers. I don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm so frustrated. Chill out. God, God says he's about to reveal to you a level of assignment and purpose that you never even knew was possible. Bishop, my relationship's going through a little rocky time right now. Chill out. Everybody that grows has to go through pain. Got it? He says, take the arrows. Follow the instruction. Take the arrows. So he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. Watch it. Strike the ground. Say it with me. Come on, church. Be a good church. Now, what's funny is that had nothing to do with the enemy. So what was God really trying to get the king to understand? Discipline. See it? He says, strike the ground. And watch what the king does. Now, notice, strike the ground is a perpetual noun. Just like winning. Are you seeing this? He didn't say strike the ground three times. He didn't say strike the ground until you don't feel like it. He don't say strike the ground until you got enough. He said strike the ground. What does that mean, church? Strike it until I tell you to stop striking it. For some of us, the issue is, is we have followed the first instruction and we're waiting on a new one. And God says keep doing the first one until I say stop. So look at the verse. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck, watch this, one. Two, three, and then he what? Stopped. What did he do? Lacked discipline. He thought three times was all it would take. He said, I don't have to do all of that. It don't take all of that. Just like some people try to tell you now. It don't take all of that. Didn't you already go to church once this month? You don't need to go again. He said, strike the ground. So he struck the ground. Three times. Then he stopped. And I like this next part of the verse. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. What's the point he's making? Why'd you stop? Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will only strike Syria three times. In other words, he says, your wins are limited to your disciplines. He said, you had discipline to do it three times. So now that's how many wins you'll have. But check this out. What if the king said, okay, well, I don't want this enemy to ever come back again. Since I don't want this enemy to ever come back again, I'm going to strike and strike and strike and strike and pray. And fast and serve and sow and give and praise and praise and praise and worship and sow and so. And if my hand gets tired, switch hands and pray and fast and give and sow and worship and love and lead. I'll keep going because my disciplines determine my wins. Don't you stop. You keep going. Don't you stop. You keep pressing. Don't you stop. You keep going. Because God wants us to he, He's into us winning, not having won. So here's the point. Here's the principle. When his discipline ended, so did his winning. We follow the last instruction until we get a new one. In the military, they have that principle. I didn't broke my mic, stand. <laughs> no, I, oh No, I didn't. Yes, I did. In the military, they follow the last instruction until they're given a new one. They don't go back to the general. Hey, general, I did that. What are we going to do next? What do you mean? Go back and keep doing it. Hey, general, I, I, I already prayed today again. I already worship today. Worship some more. See, here's relationship with Jesus. It's discipline. Think about it in a natural relationship. You don't just say, I love you once. Ladies, let your husband try to tell you once, I love you. <laughs> really, ladies? Y'all gonna see? See? You know, you're like, uh-uh. I- <laughs> Let him say, "I sent you roses 12 years ago when we got together. You don't still have them." It's continual. It's perpetual. It's perpetual. So check this out. Here's what I learned. I'm like, okay, God, cool. I forgave everybody. Somebody else about to hurt you. Watch discipline. Forgive again. God, I sold my biggest offering. Great. So again. God, I worshiped crazy. That was crazy worship. Go crazier next time. It's discipline over and over and over and over and over and over and 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 that's how we win. I know today's message isn't one that, you know, makes you get up and run around the church. Oh, glory. Win, win. Discipline. I know that. But when your praise reports start coming in because of your winning. I started ministry over there on drums, not over there, but on drums. When I started, I was awful. Really bad. I was really bad. I, like play, but don't keep the beat though. Play something, but don't keep the beat. I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know what I had to do? I had to get good. So then I got better. Okay, play a little better, play a little better. Play a little better, then, you know, I got better, I got better. You know, I got better, I got better, I got better, you know, they had to, they had to do the shoulder move to get me, they had to do the, the Tina Turner shoulders to keep on the beat, and then, and then I got real good, then I got real good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, then I got real good, then I got real good, and then all of a sudden, once I got real good, my disciplines made me win, so then they were calling me to play over here, play over there, then they put me in the gospel music Hall of Fame, why? Because I was disciplined, so... Y'all ain't saying nothing, discipline is how you win, your neighbor high five say discipline is how you win It's how you win so i don't care i feel like preaching through here i don't care what it looks like today stay disciplined and you're gonna win i don't care if you're at the bottom but keep your disciplines and you'll be at the top weeping may endure for a night but if you'll stay disciplined through that night joy is gonna come in the morning somebody holler i'm winning say it again i'm winning and i'm out of time hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations.
0: We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts